Hi, I'm Justin Kraft. I'm host of Influence Now podcast, and I'm really excited today because we have one of uh, one of the best in the business when it comes to drones, in my opinion, and that's One Up Aerial Drones. Uh, Chuck Adams is going to be with us today, and we're going to discuss what. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, Chuck. No problem. And we have a lot of things to go over, so uh, I'm going to get right to it. I'm going to introduce you, Chuck, and then uh, let you, i got a bunch of questions for you. And I'm, our audience, uh, I'm sure, wants a lot of answers to what's going on in drone technology. So um, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. So Chuck Adams, uh, he owns uh, One Up Aerial Drone Services, and it's headquartered in Golden, Colorado. And they actually service a wide range of industries. So a lot of people traditionally think drones are just something that flies in the air and takes pictures and those types of things. But he does a lot with engineering, commercial real estate, land development, construction, insurance, forensic science, surveying, and even heavy industry utilities. So um, he's been around this business for a little while now. And it's I think it's, is it safe to say, Chuck, that this was a hobby that then moved into a business for you? I. Uh, I thought we had margaritas, and it sounded like a good idea at the time. How's that? <laughs> no, it's, uh, it wasn't a hobby. It's uh, kind of an extension of the high-tech background that I had for the last 25 years. So um, got into it after we decided to, uh, to move in this direction and kind of did a little research on what's coming from an industry standpoint and what's actually available today. And speaking of that, if you want, uh, I know I gave you a little bit of a bio right there, but if you can get into a little of your background and where you came from on the technology side of things, I know originally you were, uh, how I got to know you originally was through uh, Hewlett Packard Enterprises. So tell me a little bit about, and tell the audience a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of where you came from and, and your technology background. Sure. Happy to. So um, 25 years in the high-tech background, both at uh, EMC and Hewlett Packard and a couple of other uh, little startups through the, uh, through the, the years. Um, I saw as I took a, a, a leave of absence and severance package from, from HP, I saw an, an opportunity to take what I had from that high-tech background and use it as an extension. It's really just another uh, aerial perspective of ga gathering data out of the sky, whether it be photos, videos, uh, land mapping, working with surveyors and engineers, and really taking that new aerial perspective that you can get with flexible, agile, you know, inexpensive drones um, and bringing it to businesses, bringing it to commercial use, commercial use cases. So you're uh, taking a, a you know, what traditionally might have been a helicopter or a fixed-wing aircraft gathering the data out of the sky and bringing it down to a cost-effective, very uh, agile, meaning uh, I can schedule a, a drone flight next week as opposed to three-year-old satellite data from Google Earth or something along those lines. So it's taking that high-tech background and integrating it with the, the opportunities that are out there to, to provide new uh, asset management uh, revenue generation through digital marketing and media uh, to a number of other areas that businesses I, I think are going to adopt in the years ahead and are adopting today in the first two years in my, my business. Absolutely. And you actually answered some of my questions there uh, that I actually had for you today just within that that intro. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Can you <laughs> can you tell me though, like I, I, I that's great all the stuff that can now be done and we'll dig a little deeper into that here shortly um but can you tell me i, I want to know this because I, I i've never known the answer to this 
where did the name one up aerial drones come from? Um, that's a, that's a great one. So if you look up, um, it's one of those thoughts from 3am in the morning uh-huh. that, uh, sometimes the, the good Lord or others puts in your, in your mind and you wake up and you go out and you write it down on a piece of paper and that's how it came about. But if you look at it, it's, uh, an, an, an urban slang definition. Um, go look at an urban slang dictionary. It stands for another uh, to rely on the game of life. So somebody else in, you know, if you're gaming, it's somebody else to rely on. One up is is that uh, that thing or that person or, you know, in my case, it's the Lord. So um, it's other things that we're trying to uh, to build into into the business. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So it's really at the core value of who you are, which is great. I think naming a lot of companies kind of, they always want to not only appeal to their audience, which I think this is an appealing name, but also because up drones up, <laughs> you know, definitely an appealing name. Um, but also the core value of who you are as a person and you want that to come through in your company. So that's fantastic. So one of the kind of key questions that I think even in, a lot of people don't understand what drones still is what is the difference between a drone that you might use to do. And you mentioned some of the stuff that you're doing and, and we'll dig in again, some of that stuff here in a little bit, but what is the difference between a drone that you're using that has these capabilities that these other aircrafts used to have and the technology that, technology that's behind it, the software, those types of things that can actually do like 3d modeling and those types of things in comparison to like a drone you see at like a, a Best Buy or a, you know, a, a Amazon store where it's just a, a kind of a drone that's a couple hundred dollars and it's kind of fun and you can take pictures and fly it over your house. Um, what's kind of the main difference or the main differences? That's a great question. And, and by the way, that, that Amazon store, come visit us in 2018. I know you're actively engaged in helping me as well to build out that online store and hopefully, uh, we can expand that and, and move, help Amazon out with, with some of that. But fundamentally, um, what you buy at Best Buy um, or, or a toy shop is, or a hobby shop is a toy. Um, you know, first and foremost, the expense of the drone itself is, you know, vastly different between a $25, what's called Skyma or, you know, a toy drone um, to a, uh, DJI or even in Intel, and I know you've got some background on what I'm thinking about with some of the Intel drones, um, but the drone is just one piece of it. So you've got the, the expense is one part of it. Um, what kind of sensor or camera are you actually hanging off the bottom of the drone? So it's important to really understand what does the customer want, uh, the end customer, the commercial customer. Um, what are they looking to, to gather in terms of the data uh, that comes out of the sky. Is it for digital marketing? Is it for uh, GIS or graphical information systems where they're actually looking for us to land a map and um, measure contours and elevations of uh, uh, of land? Um, that's a, a big piece of it. It's what's the end uh, value to the customer and how, how do we need to be delivering that? Um, I mentioned the expense. The other is just the, um, the stability. Um, and, you know, when you're flying drones like we're doing for commercial use cases, um, they're tied in with GPS systems and they're very stable. So when they're flying, um, we may have autonomous software that ties into the drone and actually sets up the flight itself through a base map. 
Um, but in any case, it's very stable. And when you see them fly, one of the general comments I get from people that are just observing is, man, that's stable. It, it's amazing, you know, a 20-mile-an-hour wind can come through, and a toy drum would be all over the place. You can't control it, whereas these are commercial industry, um, you know, enterprise class drones that uh, cost a lot of money that, that are very stable and, and do a good job delivering the value of what customers are looking for. Okay. And more, I can show you some examples of the, the actual 3D models and other things as we get further into this. Actually, that does lead me, that's a good segue to the next question I wanted to ask you. Uh, if you can give me some examples of what you're actually doing with these drones, that's outside of just your general, not, not to take away from, you know, doing video. I know the marketing side of it where you can do video, um, doing, you know, over shots of, of events and things like that. And I know you've been pretty involved with, uh, like bicycle races and pretty big kind of major pro bicycle races and things like that in the past. But I know you've worked with CDOT on some projects and, and, uh, which is the Colorado department of, uh, I got that right. Colorado Department of Transportation um, and some other uh, bigger name kind of clients out there that are, you know, rock quarries and things like that, that need this data and they can get it very quickly from you. So what if you can give us some examples, some, uh, just one or two use cases of, of examples of, of what drones are now capable of and what they do, uh, that'd be fantastic. You bet. Um, so it, it it varies, and that's part of the challenge as we get into this is it, it varies. There's so many different use cases, and there's so much opportunity. It, it's it's uh, sometimes tough to focus. So the, 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 the guiding principle is, you know, what does a customer want to do? Um, there could be, and here's a couple of examples. Uh, we did uh, a job for Lariat Lodge out in Evergreen, Colorado. Gorgeous piece of property sits up on a, on a hill looking out over Evergreen, and we did some digital media advertising. We took drone photos and combined that with digital media where we actually had on the front end of the video that we put together uh, a picture of a young man um, texting, hey, have you ever been to Lariat Lodge? No, I haven't. And there's an actual text thread that goes through there. And then it flips into some drone shots, beautiful shots of the property, with the menu of Lariat Lodge tied into it. And some, it's a great way to inexpensively hit some fast-paced social media marketing type of campaigns using drones as just an, an adjunct to the, the digital media marketing aspect of it. Yeah, it is really a unique kind of perspective getting that overview of, of like a, especially if it's a location-based business, to get kind of a landscape of the business or how beautiful the business is, or maybe it's a ski area or those types of things where you can really do some good promotional type material around it or events and things like that. I, I definitely have seen those in the past and then actually seen them through you. Um, but to go a step further, and I'm going to, I'm going to preliminary, preliminary, preliminarily say something because we are recording this not only for video audience, but also for, for, uh, for an audio audience that's just audio on SoundCloud and some other channels that just as we're going through this, we're about to show something in a three-dimensional landscape. I think that's where you're going to go with this. Uh, you're going to go show us a video screen, but I want you to, I want you to explain it good enough to where people just listening can also kind of understand what's going on. So you got it. So here's the, I break this down though. It's given the, the, the digital media, but there's also uh, if you own large land masses, there's about five key things that, that uh, 
that we can do with it. And we've won a number of projects with it. One is just a great, uh, we, have, we have software that stitches the photographs together. So essentially, if you have a 200-acre site or 300-acre site and you want to see what does that whole piece of property look like, um, we can fly autonomously and then it stitches the photographs together, gives you one view of that. And if you want it to be 3D, we can turn it into 3D and look east, north, south, west, south, you know, whatever direction you want to see it from. What that does is, let's say you're a, a land developer and you need to talk to city engineers. I want to put the sewer line here. I want to put the streets here. I want to do different things with it without going out to the site every single day or every couple of days or once a week, whatever the cadence is. You can communicate with them and say, this is how I want it. We can even do a 3D printed model of that um, that site if you, you want, want us to. Uh, if you're a farmer, that same software, if you're a farmer and you want to see what's the macro level of health of my farm, where do I need to put fertilizer, where do I need to put water, where is my pest at or golf course, for example, we have software that's tied into the drone and into the applications that we use that can look at the agricultural uh, health or the, the plant health of, uh, of your farm or golf course or, or whatever. If you are a uh, survey and you're working with the land developer, we've done a number of projects around shooting a piece of property and then building the GIS information, ge geographical information systems, um, contours and elevations, uh, stockpile management and different things that you can tell with the data um, and, and build that back into uh, their uh, survey. So, Instead of doing a ground-based survey, they may use a drone hiring us to gather the data and then feed them the GIS information back. Uh, same thing and very similar to that is with stockpile measurements. We've done a number of projects where um, quarry owners want to understand. Uh, Summit Brick, for example, was one of our customers down in Pueblo, and they also own Lakewood Brick and a number of sites around the Front Range. They want to understand how much do they have in terms of inventory, how much value it is, um, what's the weight of it, what's the volume to cut, the fill, all those things we can can tell with the software, with the drone uh, that we have. So, just number of different uh, angles and different things you can choose from. If you can, if you can uh, give us a little bit of now, you gave us kind of the scenarios, but so for the quarry, for example, the the. There's obviously some benefits there, but if you can give us like what those benefits to them have been by doing that, like the time savings that estimated you think that that has given them versus them actually physically going out there and trying to figure out how much tonnage they have in their inventory, um, just kind of maybe expand a little bit on, on what some of those actual real life benefits that these companies have actually realized from this. Yeah, sure. Can I show um, just for those that are on the video? I Abs absolutely. Real quick, and just show an actual example, and then we'll get into answering that question. Absolutely. All right. Tell me if you can see that. You see that, Justin? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So this is an actual quarry we did in uh, West Arvada. Um, and you can see this is a 3D model that we built, and you can see over in the left-hand side a number of different things that we can uh, can also look at. I'm not going to flip to each one of these because they take a while to build out, but 
2D maps, uh, the plant health, the elevations, the, and this, this is the 3D model that we have. And I mentioned you can look at it from east, north, west, south, and really drill into what does the piles look like and how are they, uh, how are they uh, you know, defined on any given day, which I think is the answer to your question is you get more uh, – I'm going to go back to stop sharing here. Uh, and bounce back to my lovely mug, but you get the the information much more timely. Um, if you think about uh, Google Earth, I know personally my house, if I look at Google Earth right now, it's about 2012 vintage. So um, a drone can give me that same data of my house or any piece of property tomorrow or next week um, much more timely. Um, when you compare us to uh, say how a quarry owner might have traditionally gotten that data. They're getting it in a couple of different ways. Um, they would take their trucks and run it across, and um, you know, actually physically weigh the the the, um, the the stockpile or the material that's in the truck, and they would charge people based on it. But that doesn't give them the inventory of what the stockpiles have. It gives them what the truck weighs and what went out the door. With the stockpile measurements, we can take the X times Y times Z, and basically the drone information and measure what those are and assign a value to it. So I can, you know, if it's diamonds, it'll be $1,000 uh, per pound or whatever, some metric. I'm not sure what diamonds cost nowadays, but a metric that, that goes with that. If it's clay or sand, obviously we can change that and give them that that, uh, that information what what the value is. Yeah, and that's just one, that's just one use case of how time savings and money can be realized from this um, because knowing your inventory is obviously very valuable. Um, if you can give us another example based on uh, maybe like some of the, you were giving us examples around uh, some of the stuff we've done with like CDOT and things like that um, in surveying. So maybe some of the savings in time and savings in the cost of that too. And why, why this is such a great technology price wise, like, Maybe if you even have like a comparison, $1 spent on your drone technology doing surveying versus the amount of money that you're actually spending on a person to actually go out there or multiple people to go out there and actually do a site and the time savings and everything else that might be involved with that. Here's a good one for you. We did a project for, it's actually not CDOT. CDOT is the ultimate end user customer, but my customer was HDR engineering. We're on the approved vendor list with HDR sizable engineering firm here, commercial engineering here in, in, the, in the U.S. Um, we did a project for them, and it's going to mess up all of our lives. The I-70 LID project is what it's called. From I-25 to I-225, they're going to basically raise up I-70 and uh, put a, a, a tunnel underneath, for lack of better ways to do it. They used us to gather the project photos for um, their bids and, and putting together the uh, – the uh, you know the, the overhead aerial shots of the the actual traffic and, and so forth of what they're going to be uh, uh, screwing up. <laughs> um, traditionally, <laughs> screwing up traffic wise, you mean right? Just to clarify, just screwing us up traffic wise. We don't want to get too political with it. <laughs> but, uh, traditionally, they would probably use a helicopter or a fixed wing aircraft to to gather that same data. Um, 
the fixed wing, in my experience, uh, working with land developers and with HDR, it takes about 45 days to 60 days oftentimes to get that scheduled. And it's typically multiple thousands of dollars to uh, do that. I like to say to my customers, we're about half the price of a traditional land-based survey and about half the price of a helicopter or a fixed-wing aircraft. So if the fixed-wing aircraft was $4,000, $5,000, we're going to be in the neighborhood of half of that, $2,000, $2,500, depending on the project and the post-production capabilities. So that's kind of the order of magnitude. Think of it as um, being more agile than what's out there uh, traditionally and about half the expense of, of what customers are, are, have been traditionally paying. That's fantastic. I mean, it's just this technology, not only the technology itself, but actually being able to use the technology because you do have to be certified. And we'll get into what that even takes here in a second, too, because I do want to ask you that. Uh, one of the other things I've kind of kind of been wondering about drones, and I know I've, for any of us that have read about drones and we look into drones and we're interested in drones or drone technology and the different technologies that exist in this world, where do you think, and I know I've already seen some flying machines that are very drone-like that people are on, <laughs> but aside from that, um, there's also, there's a lot of stuff out there. So from an expert, because you're in this and immersed in it every day, where do you see the drone technology going in five years, maybe 20 years? Where is this going for us? Um, great question. And uh, I, I love answering this one because it's exciting to me and really the reason I got into the business, aside from the margaritas. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I, I like to, to say it's going to resemble the Jetsons. And I grew up with the Jetsons, and I don't know if you're too young to know what the Jetsons are, but I think that that's truly what we're, what we're heading towards. Drones are going to be uh, uh, quite prevalent. Uh, I think, do you think a couple of things have to happen for that to come together? One is the FAA and other local governments, municipalities, and so forth have to come a long way to be able to integrate and get this you know, accurate within our national airspace to be able to you know, not have any accidents where we're running into helicopters, medical helicopters, other helicopters, and fixed wings, and so forth. And there's been some unfortunate stories that are already out there that we're trying to, uh, to work with government to, to, uh, to, to address. Um, but I, I think if... If I could refer to one thing, it's it, there's been a study by Goldman Sachs that I can be happy to, to provide people, but it says that the industry itself by 2020 is going to be a $100 billion business. Um, if you look at that, you're going to have multiple things happening. The, the integration of the airspace, um, you're going to have, you mentioned it, the drone taxis. They're actually being tested today in Nevada and Dubai. And the, the, I, I, I will know it. I always joke and joke with people. I know I will have made this business when I can take people from, uh, you know, Golden, Colorado, up to the ski slopes and miss I-70 traffic completely. Drones are, are going to be capable, of, in my opinion, will be capable of that in, in the years ahead. But and for there's lots and lots of use cases. There's sensors. There's taxis. There's... You know, a number of things are, are coming together. The, the cost of drones are coming down. Um, there's also going to be more competition that, that's out there. So it's how do you get established? How do you really get, um, you know, great name and a referral base in, in the business with happy clients that, uh, 
that you can uh, build repeat business on, which I appreciate you and thank you for your help in, in helping with <laughs> I almost, we don't want this to be too, uh, too much of a shameless plug, but thank you. <laughs> thank you, Chuck. Um, yeah, our company's happy to help with that side of things. We obviously don't always have people that we've worked with on our, on our uh, other side of the business, which is our marketing company. Uh, but you're one of those people. Um, just to clarify one thing though, you were, were talking about just so people that are outside of Colorado know I 70 is the main highway we take to go skiing. So, uh, I'm, I'm located here in Colorado as well. And we do, t- we do take that highway. So you mentioned I 70, some people are like, what is he talking about? I 70, but, uh, getting a taxi. If, if you live in this area, getting a taxi to go and take us in the air and drop us off up there would be unbelievable with the uh, amount of traffic that we have to deal with, especially during snowstorms for those of us who like skiing and snowboarding and those types of things. So Thanks, you'll see it. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, uh, it's also interesting. I've been reading about that mass transit, I think is one direction that it, it's definitely going. Um, but to kind of dive into another question with that, you mentioned some of the key considerations that are going to have to take place from a municipality standpoint. And you kind of, you kind of dived into FAA a little bit there and, and, and actually having to be registered with the FAA in order to fly these and those types of things and actually having a flight plan at some point. And I want to also know, so let's maybe talk about what those considerations might be, but also maybe, you know, there could be some negative impacts. I, I hate to be a negative Nancy, but there could be some negative impacts to drone technology and what those considerations might be as well. So how about that question? <laughs> Which one you want me to start with? <laughs> the key considerations, and then we'll, we'll jump into the, the actual next part with the, with maybe the negatives that might, I guess they kind of flow into each other. So, okay. yeah. Sure. Um, I, as I mentioned, I came out of the high tech industry and I consider myself kind of a, a techie that understands quite a bit about compute and applications and servers and storage and networks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, all this FAA stuff was new to me and it was a, uh, uh, a tough time to, to really get my hands around some of the terms, um, the certifications that actually does uh, come together for, for guys like me. And, and by the way, it's a, it's a team of guys that, that we have uh, at one of Crohn's, but uh, things like NOTAMs, they're noticed airmen. Uh, TFRs, temporary flight restrictions, like if President Trump or uh, a Rockies game or Broncos game was going on, they put temporary flight restrictions around those stadiums uh, and those venues so that people can fly over them, which is, I'll talk to the the second part of your question. I think that's one of the risks that we have that's out there in the industry today is uh, making sure that nefarious people aren't doing some of those things um, that that, uh, should concern us all. But uh, suffice to say, the Part 107 certification is just short of what a private pilot has to have. And I, I don't want to consider myself as a pilot. I consider myself more as an operator and operator of the company. Um, but you have to understand weather maps, sectional charts, um, NOTAMs, TFRs, you know, can't fly within five miles of an airport, can't fly at night without waivers, and a number of other rules and regulations that go with that. Um, yeah, I think you're going to see more and more of that in the years ahead. Um, the White House actually came out, and, and Evelyn Chow, the Department uh, Secretary of Department of Transportation, came out about three weeks ago and pushed a lot of the um, uh, is a test uh, for the next three years. Pushed those um, some of the rules and regulations 
out to uh, lead applicants and uh, interested parties to help establish some of those rules to integrate that national airspace. So more and more development, more and more um, rules and regulations, understanding local laws and so forth, they're going to be coming at us to, to make sure that everybody's safe through that. Now, the second part of your question, uh, I think that's a big concern. And I jokingly uh, uh, say oftentimes that if, if, uh, uh, if there's another side to the expansion of this business, it would be into the anti-drone, uh, you might call it. It's how do we protect ourselves from, I went to the Broncos uh, game not too long ago, sitting there thinking about, well, what's to keep ISIS, and I like to call them is-is, because is-is, we could make was-was, we can go into other things there, but um, what's to prevent nefarious people from bringing in uh, a drone and dropping grenades like they're trying to do on our troops in the Middle East right now, uh, or, you know, substance of some sort, white powders, uh, so forth, over stadiums and so forth. I think you're going to see a lot of that on uh, technology to come out to prevent that, whether it be uh, geofencing around stadiums or uh, France is actually trained eagles to go take them out of the sky. Um, there's actually technology. I saw at a drone conference in, uh, in Las Vegas a couple of months back that uh, has a net on a drone on a mobile device that captures the, the drones out of the sky. So, Okay. I want to back up a second. You said they had what kind of, what kind of animal? Eagles. They have eagles trained to take drones out of the sky. Now, my follow-up question to this, being a geek, how do I get one of these eagles as a pet? <laughs> and, but but what did I mean? That's that's just insane to me. Uh, that that's I mean that's that's I mean that's going pretty far to to take these things out. So uh, that's I mean that's amazing. They're thinking about animals as actually a solution to this. So. The eagle, barking dogs, eagles have to be in the right location. <laughs> to, to some degree, you know, the question before, you asked what's some of the technology that's coming out. It, it's mm -hmm. really cool being on my side and, and sitting over here and seeing some of that stuff. The eagles is, you know, kind of a uh, one way to do things. But there's, there's technology, like I saw the other day, a, a defibrillator drug. And it has an actual defibrillator on the drone, that if somebody has a heart attack, they could fly the drone and get it that to the, the site. Now, a couple of things strike me that FAA has to, to consider is if I'm having a heart attack, I have to be outside of five miles of an airport. I can't have that heart attack at night. Uh, I can't have uh, you know a, a people watching because I can't fly over people. You know, by the way, um, I have to have visual line of sight of that drone, so i got to be close enough to... To, uh, to see where my drones go. So there's a lot of rules and regulations that we've got to get through. That uh, brings up the Amazon concept typically is everybody always asks, is Amazon going to be able to deliver packages? Those same kind of thoughts start to enter into that if you're, if you're considering that. Yep. That actually has me thinking about one of the possible solutions. I don't know if anyone's actually thinking about this, Chuck. It's why not make it so you have to actually be registered with FAA or any of that, even to buy like a Best Buy drone or a drone, a little toy drone from your local toy store. Why, why wouldn't there be a regulation around those actual devices 
where they can only fly for a few minutes or they can only, you know, you would think that there'd be some regulatory things happening there. Um, have you seen that first of all? And if not, why? Yeah, they actually went backwards, believe it or not. They, uh, they had that in place. When I started in business a year and a half ago, um, in fact, both of my drones are still registered with the FAA, uh, but there was some legal and uh, I'm not sure, not exactly sure all the reasons why, maybe some privacy issues uh, around it, um, but they um, uh, overturned that requirement uh, for registration of your drone um, about two months ago. So uh, they went a little bit of a step backwards on that. I, I think you're going to see something like that coming out in the, the years ahead. There's t- the technology um, that DJI has, which is the, the they manufacture probably 80% of the, the drones in the, the, uh, the market today. They actually have technology that can tie a serial number to a specific person. Uh, I believe it's called AeroSense that, uh, that, that can tie all of that together along with a, a, a number and identify it. So, um, I think you're going to see it. It's just a matter of what's the right answer to uh, this industry is in its infancy. And we've got a long way to go for a number of things like that. So where can, because there is some, if, especially if you want to do this seriously and, and really get into drones and actually have it as a service, where or, or even if you're like, like a local public uh, utility company and you want to train your folks on how to use these, these drones as like a use case example, possibly of where some of where this might come into play, where can somebody get certified or get training to actually fly these? Um, well, we've got, come to us first off, we would oh. love to do that. Hey, there you go. <laughs> uh, we have a, uh, a one day training class called beyond park 107 that uh, we take folks through that uh, goes through uh, a morning safety overview, a little bit of the Part 107, then we get into uh, midday, uh, bring in lunch, and take them through actual uh, stick time on simulators that uh, that we have. And then the afternoon, we take them out to uh, a local um, place that will fly, uh, either their drones, our drones, um, combination, and make them fly courses to... uh, to, to challenge them a bit uh, and, and really get the, uh, the reg- rules and regulations and the, the safety down. So come to us. We're happy for um, just consulting in general, too. If, if you don't want to go through the training and, and development, we're happy to consult and you know provide um, our expertise. Uh, we, we want to be ambassadors to the industry, and um, we're happy to, to, to just talk about drones uh, or the technology or the sensors or whatever people want to learn uh, at any time. So give us a shout. That's fantastic. Okay. I, I wasn't even thinking about you guys being an actual provider of that, that service. So that's, a, that's awesome that you're doing that as well. And that, that is an actual service to the, to the community uh, because that those having people trained, I think is key to this. Um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit, Chuck. So I want to, for our audience, cause a lot of our audience typically is small business owner. I'm not always somebody that would be tech focused. Um, so I want to make this a little more broad, but some of these questions I ask a lot of our people that are, that get on with us and more entrepreneurial type questions and and things that you've had to face. So what are some of the biggest challenges and and you don't have to get too in depth with this, but I I would like to hear some of your biggest challenges have been uh, to being an entrepreneur on your own, especially after coming from a big company and making the jump from Hewlett Packard enterprises 
to one of aerial drones. What, what brought that along? And then what, what's been your biggest challenges that you faced moving, moving careers? Yeah, that's a, a great question. Um, yeah, I, I would say it's a, a couple of things. One is um, uh, probably two major things. One is just finding the customers coming from a completely separate industry, um, finding the customers. And I look back on the past two years of being in business and it's phenomenal to look at and say, wow, you've created this. But it's not about me and what we've created. It's about our customers and um, just finding the, the 110 customers that we did this year. Um, we've, we've tripled our revenue. Um, we've you know done things that we never dreamed possible and I didn't know how to do two years ago. So it's been a phenomenal learning experience that every day I wake up and even midnight sometimes and <laughs> number of times where you just think of things and you like, wow, I, I, I can't believe that we did that or we can do that in the years ahead. Now, that wow factor is the other side to the equation is what do you focus on? If you look at, um, I, I call my initial stab at, at websites and, and stuff as a great desert, a great sign in the desert that is a phenomenal amount of information, uh, what we do, who we are, um, you know, industries we target. But if you look at it, it's a phenomenal amount of information that we target 20 different industries. Now, um, as an entrepreneur, there's no possible way for me to focus on 20 different industries and be a specialist in any part of it. So what do you focus on and really have a meaningful impact that I can, um, you know, generate the business and, and uh, provide a meaningful solution to, uh, to customers? I think all of us as entrepreneurs being an entrepreneur myself, all of us have had to face that, that type of challenge when you first start, especially if you're in a service industry or you're, you're somewhat in a service slash, um, slash, uh, you actually sell drones to slash, uh, like an e-commerce business or you, yeah, you're moving that direction. Um, so, uh, you know, having, having said that it, it really is a hard thing, but it's also invigorating sometimes when you wake up in the morning and, or, midnight one o'clock in the morning and thank god for me thank god for siri because when it's one o'clock in the morning and i'm rolling over and i have an idea it's so nice just to go hey siri and then say my note that i need to make without actually typing the note <laughs> so and then she reads it back to me <laughs> which is beautiful <laughs> so it's like having your own personal assistant but those those challenges that you face are, are, are i think what a lot of people face and, and how you overcome those is actually um, awesome. And just, you know, the one, I guess the one takeaway, um, that you can give from fighting through those challenges is what, uh, just do it. I, I, didn't, I don't know how, how else to say it. It's like, um, it was scary moving from corporate world where you're comfortable and you've got, you know, decent income coming in to now, um, you know, where's the next paycheck coming from, but it's been, phenomenal and so exciting and that's what i would say is just just do it because i look back on like i said two years and it, it's amazing to say wow um you know look at at, uh, at where this is going and what the possibilities are and also where we've been i think it's important to look at the historical factor of of things on i didn't know any of the certifications 
I didn't know any of the pilots that are on my team. Um, didn't understand the, some of the finance side of things and how we, you know, make some of the invoicing and proposals and statement of work and the legal aspects of, you know, making sure the digital rights management of, of pictures that we take are actually out there. There is so much. And, and, and that's what's fun is, is just the so much that's out there and the wow factor of, of having fun every single day. Um, not being on a conference call, no offense, HP, sorry, but uh, not being on a conference call with 10 other people and trying to make decisions and um, mm-hmm. doing it quickly to, to really uh, have a meaningful impact. You know, you want a drone flight tomorrow, I can make it happen. It's- so the, the one mantra, I'm, I'm big on mantras if you listen to our other podcasts. So the one mantra I heard out of that is have fun every single day. So So that's the key to success, everyone. Have fun every single day. Um, I want to know a couple more minor things before we uh, call it a day here. And what tools uh, would you kind of recommend for people out there that are just getting started with their own business? And, and, you know, you're trying to drive growth through marketing channels and sales channels. And just even if it's guerrilla tactics, what have you used to really like growth hack wise, marketing wise, um, it could be application type tools. Uh, I know uh, one of the things you're looking into that my company is actually a partner of, which is Hatchbuck. Um, there's there's some other tools out there that are inbound marketing type tools and things like that. What can you advise or what types of tools can you recommend to people just getting started that are really going to help them? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I think looking back on it, I wish I'd done some things differently in the first iteration of just a website design. Um, I think the, the, the consultative uh, strategic approach, it needs to happen with that to explain to customers what you're doing. I'm explaining a new market to new industries to, you know, people haven't used drones. Let's face it, this is all brand new, uh, you know, ground we're covering. Uh, I think putting some deep thought into your website and what you want to convey is absolutely uh, something that I missed the mark on the first time around was, was uh, it became, as I mentioned earlier, a great you know sign in the desert that was a ton of information. But now we're thinking through strategically, with your help, um, thinking through strategically, okay, how do we take that sign in the desert that has great amount of information and use the inbound marketing to you know really qualify a lot of the leads and build the funnel a heck of a lot more effectively. I'm looking forward to that 2018 of using Hatchbuck to as a as a CRM tool to you know, stay in front of my customers without using an email or a spreadsheet to uh, to do that. And it's you know really my mind is getting older now. It's time to start using tools to to do what the mind uh, used to be able to do when I was twenty five. And, and being able to automate so you can be doing the things that you need to be doing as a business owner, right? Yeah. Um, one other one I will yeah. tell you, and it worked earlier today, is just the online chat that we set up on our website. That is, uh, it's starting to to really draw some people, and it makes you look like a bigger company than than we really are. And it looks like wow, somebody's always there that can be responsive and has a sense of urgency to answer my questions. And oftentimes, you know, somebody may hit a website and they're gone. They they may not be, you know. Um, coming back to your site again and again and again, you've got to be able to be responsive right then and there. And that online chat is, uh, my my mind is a great tool for me. 
Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, so let's, uh, let's give the audience the tool that you are using. What is the chat tool that you're using so they know what to look for? Uh, it's called Tidio, T-I-D-I-O. And uh, right now it's free. I think it, uh, it ultimately, with more and more automation, uh, and probably tie into Hatchbuck and other things, um, if I'm requesting their email address and other things, I think there's charges, small, small charges they do with that. Okay. Uh, Tidio is the free version right now. I think everyone likes free. So that would, <laughs> that would be great. Uh, there's always a worry about support with free tools sometimes, and sometimes they're new and they're beta. But as a startup and bootstrap, hey, you know what? This is your company. Have some fun with the tools that are out there. Play with them. See which ones you like. Give feedback to those guys that are also developers and starting their own companies and, and trying to create these tools for your success and really kind of all work together to make these things great. Um, so, so it's great to hear that Tidio is working really well for you. Uh, so I'm going to close with one last question, Chuck, and then, then we'll move on from the day here. What advice would you offer those who want to start their own business aside from what you've already given us as far as, you know, what you kind of at the beginning with the website and things like that, but what general advice when somebody's starting a business, what should they just go into it knowing and just your opinion on what that should be. Um, I think just do it. I, I, I think that, that I mentioned that the wow factor is, is phenomenal in the, the, you know, just the, the things that you got to have fun, but with that fun, I kind of, we, we started off this conversation with how did you get into this business? And I said, margaritas, that's a true statement. I was sitting around the kitchen table and my wife and I uh, were saying what's next. And uh, uh, it was over margaritas. And this is what we, uh, what we came up with. There was a number of other ideas, but those other ideas you've really got to refine and do some research on and, and look at what fits you. I know me personally, um, some of the other ideas that came out where I didn't, you know, want to own a consignment store, you know, multiple shops and different things to tell people I didn't want their stuff and go to the same office every day. So I've got to be out and about. i got to be able to see customers. I want know yourself. I think my point is know yourself and do your research on what does the industry represent. When I, I went off and looked and said, okay, the drum business coming at us is $100 million in $100 billion in, in business that, that's coming at us. Certainly, we can carve up some turf along that way. So it's, it's a little bit of have fun, um, you know, be yourself, know yourself, but also do the research that goes with it and really understand is there opportunity there. I think, you know, everybody has heard in the past, a new business is going to collapse in the first two years if, uh, you know, if it's going to collapse. And um, I think the more you do that research and the more you effectively understand yourself, the better off you're going to be in the years ahead. So what I hear there, what I heard there was basically have, have foresight and look ahead. What's the next technology going to be right now? It's AI, it's drones, it's, it's blockchain. It's these things get ahead of that, find something within these industries. I mean, here in Colorado, some other States that have made marijuana legal, that that's an industry that's going to be huge whether you're on one side of that or not, it is an industry that's going to be huge. Look into these things, see if there's something that matches what you love with the new technology, bring those together and you're going to have 
you should have a lot of success. And that's what I'm hearing out of that. Absolutely. So um, really quick, if you want to plug, uh, you can find Chuck. Uh, we're going to close out on that. You can find Chuck on where? Tell us where to find you. We'll, we'll also, uh, by the way, we'll also have, we'll also have all the information obviously below um, any of the video or within any of the podcast information, SoundCloud and everywhere else that we have these casts located on um, Facebook, all that fun stuff. Um, we'll have all the information for everybody to link out. We'll have the tools that he's mentioned today to link out to as well, but go ahead. Where's, where can we find you, Chuck? Where's the website? Where are where I say, call my agent, Justin. <laughs> no, no. Website, email. What do you got? Give yeah. me stuff. Twitter. Just Google search one up aerial drone services and you'll find us or give us a shout at uh, 720-476-4101 or last but certainly not least info at oneupdrones.com. Awesome. Awesome. And a, and a phone number, you can't argue with a phone number that, go, that, that you don't mind getting the direct phone calls, do you? <laughs> so, uh, all right. You never know, you know, there's so many of those now you can, you can tell my best friend is scam likely that shows up every day on my phone. Scam likely. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, for Chuck, I'm Justin Kraft. Um, I'm CEO cast influence and also host of, uh, influence now podcast series. And uh, thank you for joining us today, and we'll talk soon. Oh, don't forget to follow us. Don't forget to follow us. Share us. All